And welcome into This Life Matters. You're in here with Gigi and Drew. How are you today, Gigi? I'm doing very well today. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent. I cannot complain. I, uh, I've i had a long week. Yes, you have. Uh, my grandmother passed away, so I spent a week in Kansas City with my family. And I enjoyed that. was able to do a lot of different things I don't normally get a chance to do with my family. So mm-hmm. took a week off to do that. And other than that, it's been great. Uh, how about yourself? What you been up to? Because it was Labor Day. Yeah, you... Labor Day. Yeah, we were out of town for a while, and then um, you know, just uh, yesterday was nine uh, eleven, and you know, I um, been thinking about that today. We're going to be talking about processing through grief issues, navigating through grief, and it kind of brought up some things for me. You know, it was really kind of more guilt. Right. Now, why would you have guilt? Well, because, you know, everybody talks about, you know, what were you doing at 9-11? And, you know, we remember those significant things, happenings, and we remember where we were. And, gosh, I was playing golf. Right. So, I wasn't aware of what was going on until, you know, the afternoon. And... So it always kind of brings up with me this kind of naggy guilt feeling that I wasn't watching TV, that I didn't know what was going on. So, um, you know, like the Alan Jackson song, song, Where Were You When the Towers Went Down or whatever he sang, and uh, goes through all these things. And mine is nowhere in there is anybody ever saying, were you playing golf? golf. Yeah. Yeah. We so, all have fun. So I, I have this naggy guilt feeling that's kind of crazy to have. I think, you know what, what happens is every everyone was living like, like they were supposed to. I At the time, I worked at a uh, adult novelty uh, warehouse. Uh-huh. So I was literally like unloading a box of adult toys. And someone, and the lady who worked in the lingerie department... Uh, or part of the warehouse kind of screamed out uh, when the second tower it hit and we went into her little office area and watched it and it just kind of grabbed our attention for a long time but then it was right back to pushing porn you know we went right back to well I'm not feeling so bad right now yeah I mean we went right back to pushing porn playing golf okay (laughs) I'm not feeling so bad Drew I think yeah (laughs) you know no one wants to you're, you're supposed to tell your story is though I think people feel guilty and they feel like you because we weren't it was a trauma it was you know because there was fear afterwards like it's my story of when it happened I can't say I was completely desensitized my mind was on it once I found out it happened but uh, at the time I was still at work we had to get back to work we still had packages to move and we still had to do our job but on the way home I think it hit me when I saw the gas gouging at the uh, people oh, were lined uh-huh. up to get gas, and they start uh, charging three and four dollars a gallon because mm-hmm. they said we were at war, you know. Well, and also media had a lot to do with this because the vi- the scenes kept replaying. Yeah, it did. And it's just looping over and over and over and over again. So when people see that, it triggers those feelings over and over and over again. So yeah. then we start feeling a lot of feelings that um, 
maybe we weren't expecting. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, I think because that's what it came in for me was just sitting up all night watching the news. Yeah. And just missing sleep, wanting to know what was about to happen. Uh huh. You know. Yeah, this, there was a lot of uh, of fear going on at yeah. that time, and there still is about travel and all sorts of things. Uh, so for the um, for people that lived through that um, directly, there was a lot of triggers uh, about grief and thoughts that they had then and remembering what everybody was going through. So it, it does trigger a lot of those things. And to, but today, and you have been through a week of uh, grief issues as well with the right. passing of your grandmother and then seeing your whole family gather and how those how people different ones are maybe going through that process in different ways yeah it was interesting see because there's you know so many different personality types and i, I have a large family uh, my grandfather has 19 children um you know 17 of which are still with us and so in I would say the majority of them were around, mm-hmm. you know, not all of them were, but watching them and their children kind of process through through grief in their unique ways. And you kind of have to, regardless of where you stand on things, your opinion doesn't matter. You know, I had to, I just more or less sat back and just watched everyone deal with it the way that they were comfortable dealing with was it. Was there a hierarchy in that family of who was supposed to be grieving more than other people or anything like that? I think there's a natural expectation that those who were closer to her were gonna deal with it differently. Like my grandmother was very close to her boys. And you know, so it was just like, really a lot of concern with how will they deal with it, uh-huh. you know? But I don't think it was a, uh, you know, like in, in that regard. But, you know, of the six children that were hers, yeah, you know, you knew that they were going to handle it and deal with it different because they, they, they lost their mother. The really good thing about the makeup of having a family at large was other people have lost their mothers, too, mm-hmm. also. And so everyone kind of around the table, there were other people who were dealing with the loss of a, of a mother figure, mm-hmm. but had already dealt with the loss of a mother. And so they were able to help navigate other family members through through it. And I watched something that, it was good. It was a lot of boundaries that, I, that were obeyed, that were unspoken. And maybe it was because the empathy factor, like because people could, you know, they've been through it, or, or, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I witnessed a lot of people just let everyone kind of go through it the way that they want to go through it and really no dysfunction, oh. you know, no arguing, no fighting. Just, That's good. <laughs> so that, that was an interesting thing. But I, I know when we talk about grief and overcoming grief, doing it and talking about one of your favorite subject, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, was doing it with boundaries and, and doing it in a healthy way, navigating through it in a healthy way is always a really good thing. Um, what are some of the first steps that are some of the first things that's important for a person to really recognize? One of the uh, areas that I've noticed that people uh, don't understand or they have an expectation that might not be reality is that there's a certain way to do that. 
there's a certain way to grieve, whatever the loss. We have losses, and I, I'm not saying this to be negative, I'm just saying it in a realistic way. A lot of our lives, we deal with a lot of losses, one right after the other. From losing our car keys, uh, to losing a job, to losing a person, to losing our health, to or other as a pet, but other aspects of things that we've lost that sometimes the smaller ones or the ones that aren't like a person or a job or a marriage. There's a lot of other things that we go through that are actually losses and we don't recognize them as such and give them enough, give ourselves enough time to go through whatever our own process would be to navigate for ourselves through that. We, I think we get a lot of messages that say, well, here's the way that you're supposed to do this. Yeah. And if you don't do it that way, you're wrong. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, a, that's one of the things that, as a person trying to support another person, you could get them in the best support groups or get them, you know, the best books, the best therapist, the best counseling that they could get, that money could buy. But there's still not a set way. There is no set way that everyone should do it this way. No, there's not. And that is a, that's a myth, I think, that a lot of people have come to believe. And it's, if you're not doing it that way, if you're not progressing the way some people have told you that you should then it feels like you're doing it wrong like for instance I um, think some people are told when they lose a loved one that after one year then everything's going to be okay and that's absolutely not true it could be three months and it would be okay it could be six months and it's okay. It could be a year. It could be 18 months. It could be five years. It depends on the person that's that's going through the process. Yeah, I, yeah. Each person deserves the time to, to deal with things and heal the way that they need to do it. And I think sometimes it depends on the relationship that they had with that individual or t- with that particular situation, whatever it is that they're they're grieving the loss of, as well as the external losses that may not have to do directly with that one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost my grandmother, but I was also dealing with other issues as well. And they, they didn't disappear mm-hmm. because of that issue. Mm-hmm. So getting to the grief for my grandmother was actually delayed multiple days because of the stress around other situations mm-hmm. and me not really dealing with other things when this situation came about it was like okay get in line <laughs> you know kind of right and right. as important as something you know as big of a loss as that was that's what i felt like i did subconsciously i just kind of put her in line with okay all right, but I still got these bigger issues on display. I still have mm-hmm. these, you know, and uh, right in these immediate that had yeah. to be dealt with. And then once those things were dealt with, then it, it kind of it then it as it, most people describe it, then it hit me. Mm-hmm. Then I had that moment where it was like, okay, this is sad. 
this, this really a, happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, being pre, I, one of the things that I did was it was I overloaded myself with a lot of busy work and a lot of different things. And it didn't really hit me. Like until, you avoided it? Um, well, once I dealt with every external issue that uh, our stressor that already existed okay. outside of that problem, then it was time to deal with, okay, now how do you really feel about losing your grandmother? Like once that was uh-huh. on the table, it was, I'm doing okay. You know, even internally talking to myself, mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. I've got to get ready for the funeral now. Mm-hmm. I've got to do this for the funeral. I've got to put this together. I've got to do these things. Mm-hmm. You were taking it yeah. step by step. Yeah. And that's how you compartmentalize everything was step by step. I'm going to do this and then I can do this and then I can do this. Yeah. And I try to do that so that I don't have that sensory overload. Like uh-huh. I don't want to deal with a mass amount of emotion or grief at one time and then have the guilt behind losing out on the opportunities to have lived and loved in that moment. Uh-huh. I didn't want grief to take me out of the present because I was aware that I have time to mourn this loss. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to just do every cry, everything, every tear today. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. there's gonna be moments that I'm not gonna want two years from now where I'm gonna smell a smell or yes. see a show and it's gonna hit me. Mm-hmm. So with me understanding and knowing that, I let things come as, as they, you know, when the, when the grief comes, whenever it comes, I deal with it. But I stop having a realistic, you know, an unrealistic take on things that, oh, I've got to just deal with all of this right now and get it behind me. Mm-hmm. Because, no, because when I do, you know, I know in the past when I've done that, I overloaded myself. Um, there's other things that fall into the same category of going through a process. Uh, some of times it's things such as disappointments that we have expectations that aren't met and we get disappointed and we actually can go through the same process same grief type process of a disappointment yes so it it doesn't have to even be this huge grief of a uh, loss of a person in our lives but it can be a disappointment and we go there's a process for going through that and and sometimes it takes a short time and sometimes it takes a long time. So what I want our listeners to get from this is that however you do that is unique to you. And it's okay for you to go through the process however it is that makes sense to you. Right. And to give yourself time to do that because internally it takes time to go through that process, whether it's a short amount of time or a long amount of time, and it's okay to do it in the way that you need to do it and to let it evolve however it evolves. Yeah, and just, yeah, like like you were saying, I don't, you know, or you would use the word disappointment, and that's the thing, like not being disappointed in yourself for the way that you grieve because it's uh-huh. different. From what you read or what because that's going to then cause a whole nother cycle of pain right uh you know there's the um old belief old theory that there's these five stages of grief and that you go through them right and those are things that we do feel 
when we're grieving or when there's losses, but we don't necessarily go through them like it's written in that yeah. old way of thinking, which was a great, you know, Kubler-Ross came up with those stages and that's great to try to identify that and make sense of what people are going through. But we don't, we've learned that they're not uh, linear. We don't just go through them one by one. We can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you may, may thought have thought that you were completely over. And as you said, you get a trigger and you all of a sudden may have this huge amount of grief just overwhelm you. And that is the way that it works. Yeah. And it's okay. That's how it is. I think we have to accept that. From a comfort standpoint, I think most people don't want that. They but don't want it, but it's, you know, one of my professors one time gave this example of grief. She said, imagine that you're standing at the ocean, and I've probably said this on one of our shows over the last four or so years, but <clears throat> a lot of people maybe haven't ever heard this. Imagine that you're standing at the, on, at the edge of the ocean on a beach, and there's some waves there. Maybe there's a storm coming in, and the waves are coming in really fast, and they're really high, and they're crashing, and they're going out. And another one just comes in right after that and crashes and goes out. And they're fast and they're high and it's very uh, violent kind of. Grief is like that. When you get something that is so disappointing and such a big loss, it hits us really hard and fast sometimes. And it feels like these huge ocean waves crashing as we go through the process, they eventually get slower, they don't come as fast, and maybe not as high. And maybe eventually there's this wave that just kind of rolls in and goes out, and maybe not another one for a long time. But if we get a trigger, maybe there's this huge crashing wave. Yeah. And then it goes away and then we have the rolling waves again, or maybe not any at all. So when you think about grief in that way, as that kind of a process, it's it's natural that you would have a trigger, whether it's a song or a smell or a place or a story or a picture or a book or anything at all. It can be anything at all and it hit you really hard. And that is okay, and that is natural. That is the way it it works. You know, and it, it sounds backwards sometimes, but I do know that sometimes those memories can be a celebration, of, uh, or it could be a celebration of the memory. Some of those things that happen that trigger you, that sadness can be mm-hmm. that celebration. And in life, we're going to have joy and pain. It's very, it can be very bittersweet. Yeah. And like you see a child being born and you think like, you know, like there's going to be a child born in your family of 200 people. There's (laughs) going to be a baby born and somebody's going to think, oh, I wish grandma could have been there to see this. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about with 
with yeah. very bittersweet. But also somebody's going to say, oh, I think I think she looks a little bit like grandmother, you know? Yeah. And so we make, you know, we make these good th- memories out of some of those things, too. Yeah. I think, you know, overall, I think the biggest thing for me every time we because we recently uh when we wrapped up last season we talked about overcoming grief Mm -hmm. and i think it's always a go-to show for us and one of the reasons that i i chose for us to do this today is because it's real Mm -hmm. um this show uh is one of the things that i believe that me and you do not for entertainment value we want you guys to listen uh, we really need you to, you know. Right, <laughs> but, we want you to. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, what makes the content of the show uh, match up with the name of the show is the fact that it is real to our life. Um, this isn't a show that, when we talk about it, is always the easiest or funnest show for you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciate you for doing today's show because it means a lot to me because this is a, one of the ways that I was able or I have been able to process through my grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my grandmother was a listener to the show. Oh, and well, so, we're going to miss her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things where... Grandma, this one's for you. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I think it would be, that's what you have to do in life. You know, I took this, this thing that I'm passionate about and made it about and brought her along with me on the ride today. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because... You have to. You have to take some of those things that may make you sad and bring it to the joy. Mm-hmm. Because one thing about joy for me is joy doesn't always, and, and the, like happiness isn't always there with joy. Mm-hmm. Joy right. for me is that overflow of God's love that just consistently keeps me in a place of peace mm-hmm. and serenity and keeps me sane. Yeah, you know? joy is really yeah. inner peace, not happiness. Yeah. We can be happy about a lot of things, but not have a real joy or an inner peace in our life. So it's uh, everybody has to find that place for them that that means that for them, whatever. Yeah. Whatever that is. I heard an expression years ago where a gentleman said, if you got a, he said, you got to have something happening to be happy. But joy, oh, <laughs> but uh-huh. joy is, is something that can never be taken away. That's and, true. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of joy in those good memories. And of course, you've heard me say this many times. I have decided I'm willing to take all the pain in the world if I could have all the joy in the world. <laughs> and I really mean that. Yeah. You, you have to have, you know, I've had clients in my counseling practice that have shut themselves off so much from joy, from connecting with other people because they've been so hurt in the past. And then there's, if you're not getting any joy, then if you lose something, it, it couldn't be that painful. And so they, you miss both of those things. Yeah. And I don't want to miss any of that. I want to have all of that myself. I don't know why. I just do. Well, I think it's, and once again, it might sound corny or cliche, but I think that's what makes life matters. Make life matter for you yes that's what keeps us alive keeps us going yeah so 
And we could keep this show going forever. We could, but we're not. We're going to wrap it up right now. And we'd love to have your comments and questions. We'd love to have anything you want to give us about the shows. Uh, you can reach us on, of course, SoundCloud.com, uh, This Life Matters One, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. What else have we got? Instagram. So uh, please give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you and hope that you have a great week and join us next week. Drew, you'll be here. I'll yeah, be here. I'll be here. Yeah. On This Life Matters.